Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> Stranger in the Night. Written by Matt Butcher. Narrated by Joanna Coulton. I'd always been a straight-laced girl so eager to maintain the approval of my parents that I had turned down countless invitations to parties and the advances of the guys at school that had anything less than a squeaky clean track record. I was saving myself for marriage, as this was what I had assumed they'd wanted. I went to church every Sunday with them to soak up the sermons our elderly pastor preached from his pulpit and did my best to live my life accordingly. Two months ago, however, everything changed. My mother was run off the road by a drunk driver and left comatosed. She couldn't even breathe unassisted. Her absence around the house took a heavy toll on my father and he'd taken to drinking all hours of the day to null the pain. I still went to church, alone, each Sunday, but the pastor's words didn't seem to touch me as they had before. The message of hope and God's divine plan no longer seemed to make sense. How had he seen fit to leave my mother and father in this state? How was such a cruel fate fair? It was more than I could fathom. If this was a test of faith, as the pastor had counselled me, then I was failing. My home life, acting as a carer to my alcoholic father, was toxic. I needed some respite from this hell and, as though via some cosmic intervention, the opportunity presented itself. Caroline, a friend from school who had tirelessly invited me to every party and after-school meetup, suggested a road trip with a couple of boys, 
one of whom had recently acquired his driver's licence. My initial reaction was to reject the idea, perhaps more out of reflex than anything, but somewhere in my mind a spark fired. This was a chance to escape my life, if only for a while. So, much to Caroline's shock and delight, I accepted the invitation. These two are Brad and Tucker. Caroline introduced me to the two boys in front of the rust bucket that Tucker, our driver, had assured us wouldn't fall apart if it went over 20. Brad looked around our age and sported long, shaggy hair that threatened to turn to dreadlocks if it wasn't brushed sometime soon. Tucker, however, looked a couple of years older. He was clean-cut and had chiselled, almost statuesque features. Sup, Brad greeted me with a dopey grin. You must be Jenny. Caroline's told us all about you. Not too much, I hope, I joked nervously. Tucker turned and smiled, but didn't say a word. Caroline had warned me he was a strong and silent type. We made our way to the highway, no small feat given the sounds the engine was making, and were soon on our way to Pastor's Greener. Rolling down the window a little, I let the draft run through my hair. I felt as though my troubles were disappearing, soon to be nothing but a speck in the rearview mirror. Caroline had been right to invite me. This was going to be exactly what I needed. As the sky began to be painted with the pinks and oranges of the setting sun, Brad turned to Caroline and myself with a devilish grin. In his hand, he held a joint. Anyone fancy a toke? I thought you'd never ask. Caroline had laughed. (laughs) Tucker just nodded, silent as ever. Brad's attention turned to me, and I felt my heart freeze. I had never seen the allure of drug use. Unclear minds tended to make sinful decisions, so I vehemently steered clear. Hell, I hadn't even drank alcohol aside from a glass of champagne on my parents' 20th wedding anniversary. No, I had replied, a little more sharply than intended. Thanks. More for the rest of us, then, Brad shrugged and sparked up. The thick smoke he exhaled filled the car, and I instinctively rolled my window down further. I had wanted to ask whether Tucker's driving ability would be impaired, but thought better of it. I had a sense that Caroline would kick me out the car if I were to be any more of a buzzkill. As night descended, so did an uncomfortable quiet fall on the four of us. At least, I found it uncomfortable. The others were perhaps just stoned and each enjoying their own introspective odyssey. Whoa! Brad had exclaimed with a suddenness that caused me to jump. Hitchhiker! Ahead in the darkness, I could see the shape of a man with his thumb poking out by the side of the road begin to materialise in the harsh glare of the headlights. What's he doing out in the middle of nowhere at this time? Caroline had thought aloud. Maybe he's a serial killer. Brad had chuckled. Let's give him a ride and find out. No! I had protested, loud enough to gain the startled gaze of all in the car. Then it's settled, Caroline had said with a sheepish grin. Let's give him a ride. 
I had wanted to complain further, but she shot me a look that seemed to say, don't you even dare. As we neared the hitchhiker, Tucker turned on his indicator and drew to a halt. When the stranger came into view, he seemed to be a reasonably dressed, clean-cut young man. He sported a friendly smile and, to my knowledge, none of the hallmarks of a serial killer. No bloody axe, no severed head, no unsightly disfigurement from a victim who oh-so-nearly got away. Where are you going? Tucker rolled down his window to ask. As far as you can take me that away, the stranger said pointing off down the highway. "'What are you doing out here so late?' I asked with Caroline's eyes burning a hole in the side of my head. "'That,' he chuckled, "'is a long story. Maybe I can tell you on the way?' "'Sure thing,' Caroline replied before I could question him further. "'Jenny, move over, will you?' No sooner than she spoke, the stranger opened my door and I found myself sliding into the middle of the back seat to accommodate him. He clicked his seatbelt into place and Tucker pulled back onto the highway to drive us further into the night. So, what's this story of yours, stranger? Caroline leaned forward to ask past me. It's not that interesting, I'm afraid, he replied. I was travelling with work and got kicked off the bus. Why? I asked, fearful of the response. I, uh, got caught smoking pot in the toilet. He replied sheepishly. My man! Brad exclaimed with a grin. My boss didn't think it was appropriate and I questioned his authority. I think I tried to stage a bus mutiny or something. I'm not sure. I was super high. The stranger chuckled. Well, stranger, this is your lucky night, Brad said, producing another joint. I think you might be right. The stranger smiled. Brad tried to spark up, but his lighter didn't seem to work. Here, let me, the stranger said as he pulled out a box of matches. Striking one against the reactive strip, he shielded the flame and lit the joint for Brad. What are you guys doing, driving around in the middle of nowhere in the dark? You're not serial killers, are you? He laughed. This earned a chuckle from everyone. Everyone bar me. Glancing to my right, I found him staring at my chest and felt immediately uneasy. Noticing that I had seen where his gaze lay, he sharply brought his eyes up to meet mine. I wasn't... I just... He stammered. I was looking at your necklace. Sorry. I didn't mean to be rude. I felt embarrassed for being so presumptuous and smiled by way of apology accepted. The necklace in question was a small silver cross and a chain that my mother had gifted to me on my 16th birthday, shortly before she'd been in her accident. Though my faith had taken a significant hit since, I still wore it, if only out of habit. Do you believe in that stuff? The stranger had asked me. Yeah, I think so, I replied. You think so? What makes you doubt? He pried. It's not really something that I talk about, I replied in an attempt to shut down this line of conversation. Forget I asked. I think it's the pot talking, he chuckled. 
There was a brief silence that followed, during which I felt the need to explain to him and perhaps myself what I had meant. I figured it could be cathartic. The urge boiled and bubbled over inside my mind until soon I found myself talking. Perhaps, I had thought as the words poured out, this was the second-hand smoke talking? I've had a rough time lately, is all. It's been hard to think that all that's happened is part of some great loving plan. I know exactly what you mean, the stranger said with an understanding smile. When I was a kid, my dad kicked me out of the house for talking back to him. No warning or anything. He's never spoken to me since. I felt my heart melt at this revelation. From that day onwards, I learned not to put my faith in anyone or anything else. I had to be the ruler of my own fate. No one else was there to look out for me. I think you're right, I sighed. I guess it's just been nice to believe there's some order in all this chaos and misery. Well, I reckon freedom comes from knowing that we can control the chaos around us by putting ourselves at the wheel of our lives, he smiled. We are the masters of our own fate, if we allow ourselves to be. His words seemed to strike a chord with something within me, just as the pastor's words had when I was younger. This was to be my new truth. I would put myself first and allow myself to be happy. I would be free to be whatever I wanted to be, without the guilt bestowed upon me by the miserable circumstance God had thrust upon me. I was finally going to take control of my life. Plucking the joint from Brad's fingers, I took a long drag and instantly felt its calming effect. All right, Brad cheered. Here's to new beginnings, I exclaimed, handing the joint to the stranger with a splutter. The next few moments were something of a blur. Jesus, watch out, I'd heard Brad scream. The brakes had squealed their deafening cry, though we still drifted forward. Ahead, frozen in terror, a goat stood in the middle of the highway. Tucker turned hard left to avoid it, and the car flipped into a barrel roll that took us off the road. as though on a roller coaster. The air around me was filled with shattered glass and loose contents of the car. It all seemed to play out in a dreamy slow motion. When I woke, I was lying bruised and bloody on the cold ground. Pushing myself to my feet, I found that, surprisingly, I was mostly uninjured, save for a few cuts and scrapes. Out from the gloom, the stranger approached me. He was entirely clean, as though he hadn't even been in the car when it crashed. Hello, Jenny. He spoke with a chilling calmness. Oh my God, what's happened? I choked. Where are the others? They've already gone, he replied. Gone where? I screamed through my tears. What happened? It's time for you to follow me and join the others, Jenny. What's going on? I had screamed at him. Who are you? I have many names, 
he spoke with a voice gentle and cold as the night breeze. I am the adversary, I am Little Horn, son of perdition and the serpent of old. I am Lucifer, angel of the pit. No, I protested vehemently. I'm not dead. The stranger smiled sadly and gestured to the car wreck behind me. Turning around, I was met with a sight that brought me to my knees. There I was, a mangled corpse in the back seat, bleeding down onto the flipped car's ceiling. But I'm going to heaven, I had sobbed to the stranger. I deserve to go to heaven. Subconsciously, I reached for my crucifix but found my neck bare. The stranger reached out his hand, the silver cross shining in his palm. Tilting his head back, he dropped it down his gullet, like a bird swallowing a fish whole. No, Jenny, you are mine now. The sand below me morphed into a thick liquid and I started to sink. It was scalding hot. The searing pain was agonising and I reached out to the stranger. Help me, I pleaded. The jarring screams of the damned filled the air as I was dragged down to join them for all eternity. That's not how it works, Jenny. You're too valuable to me. His face began to warp to something hellish as he too began to sink into the ground. A wicked soul is commonplace, but a fallen soul, such as yours, well, he takes that personally. It reminds him of me, I suppose. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Stranger in the Night was written by Matt Butcher, narrated by Joanna Coulton, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Valetai and Tom Robson. Hey, you, listener, you lovely, lovely person, you. Do you use Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? Great. You're a being of the world, a futuristic go-getter, and we want to hear from you. What's been your favourite story? Who is your favourite narrator? Which theme just did it for you? Well, use the hashtag, the other stories, all one word, and let us know what you think. Or you can always just go to iTunes, drop us a quick review, and leave us a message that way. Either way, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Until next time. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers or a sunset that needs no filter make this a summer to share and save with a capable kia suv or powerful sedan see your local kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more kia movement that inspires call 800-334-KIA for details always dive safely sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only quantities are limited must take delivery by 7824